And we're doing the last installment today. Yeah, because we know change is upon us. So we're closing off this book today. And as we're moving, we're getting ready for new things. Amen. So I just want to pray for the word this morning. Father, we just want to thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active. And we thank you, Father God, that you will just release every single thing that you have for us this morning, Lord. Father, just come and fill our jars, oh, Father God. Just come and do all that you want to do this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. So we've been looking at the book of Hebrews, and um, it's just been such an interesting journey, isn't it? Who read the book from beginning to end? Anybody? Oh, just a few hands. Those who haven't, before we move <laughs> this week, please catch up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and don't stay at home and say, okay, no, I'm not going to come and help pick up anymore because I need to catch up with my Bible reading. <laughs> yeah, but it's so important that we really uh, get on the same page. And this is really a great book, Saints. We've learned so much yeah, about who wrote the book, why it was written, and the important things that we are supposed to grasp from the book. And one of those things are the fact that Jesus Christ is the only one who can atone for our sins. That outside of him, there is no other answer to the issue of sin. No other religion can tell you this is what we can do for sin. It's always about trying to do it by yourself in your own efforts. Yeah? But in the book of Hebrews, we've seen that there's no going back to the law and to the system of trying to do things in the flesh to please God. And there's nothing else that can help except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah? So it's so important to have that. And last week we spoke about the confidence, the assurance that believers must have that the work that Jesus did is enough. You know, some churches will say it's Jesus and the blood and the what, or it's Jesus and the long skirts and the what and the what, or it's Jesus. There's always other things being added, yeah? But in this book, we learned that Jesus did it all, and we need to rest in that, that he did it all, and that he's living inside of us, and he empowers us to live the way he's called us to live, okay? So today, as we finish off, there's just a short passage that I'm going to look at, um, I've got very limited space here in front, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to look at uh, Hebrews 12, and I'm really just going to do that short passage. What we must know about Hebrews is that the uh, chapter 12 and chapter 13 are concluding remarks that the author is giving to say, so after, all, after I've said all these things, this is what I want us to walk away with. This is what is important as well, you know. So I want to finish off with Hebrews 12, just from verse 1 to 3 for us. And it reads as follows. Is everybody there? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. 
That is the passage that we're going to look at this morning. And it's so full. It's full of good food. Yeah? And so as we're going through it, we're just trusting that the Holy Spirit will really just impart in us, in our hearts, you know, what God wants to do and what he wants to, to reveal to us through this passage this morning. And uh, it's important to note that the verse starts with, uh, therefore, and remember last time, Pastor Chris, when you re- said, when you see therefore, you must think wherefore, okay? And this therefore is building on chapter 11, where he was really speaking about the guys that have gone before us. Yeah, Hebrews 11, I'm sure everybody in this place knows what happens in Hebrews 11. Yeah, it is the chapter of faith. And it gives a whole lot of examples of people who had to stand, who had to trust God, who had to, to really work this, at this thing and really say, man, I don't know if it's going to come through, but God said it, and I'm just going to trust him for it. Yeah? So it is all about faith. And then he continues to say, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud, I mean a crowd. Yeah? So he's saying to us that there are witnesses that are surrounding us and watching us. He spoke about a race. We're in a race, and we're surrounded by witnesses. Do we know this morning that we are in a race? We're running the race of faith, right? And we're surrounded by witnesses. And you know, the good thing about these witnesses that are surrounding us and watching us is they are people that know what it's like to be where we're at today. They may have had different experiences, but they had to trust God. They had to cry out to God. They had to stand on the word of God, even when things looked impossible. So these are the guys that are sitting and cheering us on. It's not like when you're watching soccer, watching the Olympics, and you're seeing people running, and you're there, you've never run 100 meters in your whole life, or played any soccer, but you're sitting there watching the match saying, hey, pass the ball there. Man, what are you doing? Oh, man, that's so stupid. You know, we get people like that. Yeah? They know what's supposed to be happening based on head, head knowledge, but they've never had that experience. Yeah? So it's so easy for them to, to just comment and, and scream and shout stuff. Yeah? But they don't know what it's like to play this game. But these witnesses are different. The audience here is different. It's not just an audience that has come to be entertained and see, oh my goodness, what's going to happen in this match? Yeah? It is an audience of witnesses that are cheering us on, saying, if I could make it, I'm so confident that you can make it. You can do it. Yeah? You have the Spirit of God inside of you, and you are destined to win this race. This is what these witnesses are saying. Yeah? Just imagine Father Abram looking from heaven, looking down at us, encouraging us, saying, man, you can do it. Yeah? You can have faith in a new land. You can have faith and trust God to bring forth the word that he has spoken, even if it's going to take time. Yeah? But you can do it. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah? And as we're running this race, there are three important things that we must note that the author speaks to us about. Yeah? Um, he's saying that as we're running the race, 
We need to, number, no, number one, know what we need to reject in this race. Yeah? That's why it says they throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. And then he tells us how we need to run this race. With perseverance and endurance. The race that is marked out for us. And then he tells us where to look. As we're running this race, there are so many things that we can look at. There can be examples. But he is specific about where we need to look. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So let's look at what he's saying when he says we must reject what we must reject in this race. That's verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off. Throw off. You know? Throwing off is an aggressive term. It's not just a, let us, huh. No, it's like taking the thing that you know hinders and you're throwing it off. You know, when we're running, when you see runners, <laughs> it's so interesting, hey? Whatever they, 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 they're wearing must be as light as possible. That's why they wear those funny spandex tights ne? and those little tops or vests that they wear. It's not just to show the muscles. It's so that it is as light as possible. Apparently, the Roman guys, when they used to run in the athletics, they will just wear something that just covers down here so that the essentials are covered and they're as light as possible to be able to run. Yeah? So he's saying we need to throw off the things that will hinder Imagine if you're running this race and you're wearing a woolen jacket and boots and jeans trying to run this marathon. It's going to get hot and you're going to get tired. Yeah? So he said the things that we want to hinder, we must throw off. It's so important. What are, and, and, and he makes a distinction. There are things that hinder and there's a sin that entangles. Which means the things that hinder are not necessarily sin in our lives. It is just things that are stopping us from entering and finishing the race that God has called us to finish. Yeah? So it's like someone carrying this backpack on their back <laughs> when they're supposed to be running this race. There's a backpack there. Just imagine you have a backpack and then there are all these rocks and bricks and heavy weights. Yeah? Just some unforgiveness, some bitterness, some religion. All sorts of things that just block your walk with God. And then you are there trying to run with this backpack. Huh? Will you be able to make it? It's going gonna, it's gonna to weigh you down. It's going to be too heavy for you to run with this thing. So what are you going to have to do with this backpack? You're going to have to take it and throw it off. So the things that hinder, you need to shake them off. You need to speak to that insecurity and say, no, I will not be insecure. I'm a child of God. You need to speak to that fear and say, no, I will not be afraid. You need, when, when you're feeling down, you need to speak to those emotions and say, you will not rule me. Yeah? You need to get into those, 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 the things of the past. Some of us are carrying the load of the past. <laughs> and we want to run the, the marathon. Yeah? You have to speak to those things and say, no. This is not who I am anymore. God has shown me a new identity. I can't 
carry this baggage with me. I have to be as light as possible in this race. And only take that which God is giving me to carry. Yeah? So cast off, cast off those things. The sin that entangles, my goodness, you know, sin is not a great thing. <laughs> yeah? As Pastor Chris was, was, was preaching last week, he was talking about how sin will destroy our lives. Yeah? Just imagine you're running this race and, and, and there's a rope here that comes out of nowhere and you didn't see it. While you are running there, you get in there and then you trip and fall and it entangles you and all sorts of things. That's what sin does. Yeah? So we shouldn't blindly run into sin because it's going to entangle us. And when you get entangled in sin, you fall. And what happens when somebody falls? They get bruised. There's some source here on your body. And now instead of being able to get up and continue running, you first need to wait for healing in this wound and healing in that wound. And you're spending time at home crying and just asking for forgiveness and forgive. And then you don't feel good enough to even come into the presence of the Lord. And it's taking a year, two years to get over this thing. Yeah? So we just need to say to the son, no, I'm not going to allow you to entangle me in this race. You know, some sins are like those ropes. They just entangle. Others are like landmines. They just explode. Huh? You see, when you're running and you see a, a landmine, remember we used to have that don't touch it reported campaign. Yeah? Now some people, they see the sin and then they're like, oh, what's going on here? It's a landmine. And they're starting to poke the landmine and do all sorts of things to see what is going to happen here. And before they know it, there's this explosion in their face. And if you make it alive, it's a miracle. But most of the time, you don't. Yeah? So when you see a landmine, don't even try to get close and see what's going on there. In your race, you'll see, ooh, there's a landmine. You move to the side. We need to be very careful around those landmines. And then you run. As far as possible. Quickly. Nah? Just in case it wants to explode there somewhere in the back. You're out of that area. So it's so important that as we're running this race, we cast off the things that want to, to, to stop us. And the sin that so easily entangles. We need to be as light as possible. To be able to attain to what Christ has for us. And then he says, let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. It is a marathon, not a sprinting race. Yeah, Have you seen those people at the beginning of the year? So much energy, so many ideas, so much excitement. Woo, new year, so much, come May. They're tired and they're already, oh, when is this year going to end? May, it's only May. And you know, there's some Christians like that. Yeah? In the beginning of life, it's like, wow, man, this is so exciting. They had every evangelistic outreach. They had every service, two services, three services a Sunday. They're going every, they're doing all the stuff that can be done. And Jesus is good all the time in everything. And, and then they start getting burned out. And they start questioning. The existence of God. And they start wondering if this life that I'm living 
is real or just a fantasy. And there are all sorts of persecutions that come against them. Like these guys in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> Persecution for accepting Jesus Christ. And then it gets so hard. And you're like, but God, this is not what I thought it's going to look like. But the, the witnesses are cheering us on. But then we're like, no, it's tougher than I thought it's going to be. I think this is where I'm going to end now. This is just, and then it just starts, you know, they don't, they don't run. They haven't been running and then just stop suddenly. It's then they just start running like this. Slower and slower. And they start walking. And before they know it, <laughs> they're on the ground crawling. Hanging on. Or they sit and drink water. Yeah. So this is a race of life. We need to persevere. We need to endure. We need to be patient. Yeah. Imagine if Abram, uh, I mean Noah, I, I love the example of Noah, only after 120 years huh? did he finish the boat and people actually started getting in, in there or the ark. So imagine if he had given up in the first 10 years. And sometimes that's how we get. So much zeal and passion and excitement. And then it's over. Have you met any of these people? I've met a couple. No, we used to do those things when we were so passionate, full of the spirit. And then you're like, but what happened? Now you'll find out, you know. <laughs> One day when you get married... And you have a family and babies to take care of. It's, it's going to be different. I know you young people. You are just so zealous now. You are single. Yeah, wait. Yes, it is different. I can confirm that. <laughs> having been there by my, I mean myself, having, having experienced that. But it doesn't mean that the passion should dwindle. It doesn't mean that zeal and urgency for souls should dwindle. It doesn't mean that that intimacy with God, you know, if, if that's all you have, is that cultivating the presence of God. Just having that intimacy. That's all you need. Because that is the thing that will ensure that in all these other areas, we are seeing what God is doing and we can follow him and avail ourselves. It's not so much in the doings. It's in the relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So that passion, that fire mustn't burn down. We must never forget that he came to die so that we may have life. And that there's so many people that still need to encounter this Jesus. We mustn't forget that. Yeah. You know, when Jesus was preaching, he said, he said we need to count the costs. Of following him. Nobody starts a building. <laughs> ne? Without knowing how much is it going to cost. How much do you have in your pocket. How much can you afford to spend monthly. And how long is it going to take to finish. Yeah? Imagine. We, we've been building. Imagine if that 
building stays like that for the next 10 years. We're going to become the scorn of the city, isn't it? It's like, oh, those people were so full of zeal. Oh, my goodness, look look at that building. Is it still like, oh, my goodness, 10 years later, isn't it? Yeah. So we need to, to, to count the cost. There is a cost here. And we need to be prepared to pay the price. We need to be prepared to pay the price. So even through persecution, he was saying, persevere, stand, continue, because you can make it. Okay. And then the last verse, three, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we're running this race, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It is the race of faith. Who is the author of faith? So it's best to keep our eyes on him. Right? Because sometimes we keep our eyes on people. We keep our eyes on this man of God or that woman of God. And then something happens and we also get disappointed. Ooh, there's no hope for that guy. What hope is there for me? It's not about that person. It's about Jesus. Okay? We need to keep our eyes focused and fixed on him. And the good thing about Jesus is the fact that he also, he also knows what it is, he suffered in every way like we are now. So it's easy to keep our eyes on him. You know, if you're running this race, if you're running a marathon and you're looking to the side or you're looking there, you're going to trip and fall. You need to keep watching where you're going. You're running in such a way to get the price. And you're fixed on Jesus. Because he's the one who's going to give you the strength. He's the one who's going to lead you. He's the one who's going to show you exactly what it is that you need in every season of our lives as we're following him. We just need to look at him and we just need to say, God, you are everything. You are everything. He suffered He suffered so that we don't have to suffer. And even if we do, we say if he could overcome, so can we. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of us right now. Right now. Not one day. Not 2,000 years ago. Right now. God's power is still being made available today. So we can stand and we can continue because we're drawing our strength from Jesus. Saints, we cannot draw our strength from anything else. We cannot draw our strength, our security, our encouragement, our joy from the things that we have in this life. Maybe if I had that house, I'll be happier. Maybe if, 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 if more people loved me, 
You know, if everybody could just, you know, no. Jesus. And we're running the race that has been marked out for us. You know, as we're running, there's a corporate race as children of God. Do you know that? Yeah? God knows exactly the time and the hour when he's going to send his son. So we're running a corporate race as the church of Jesus. Not just here in the church, but selectively, universally, the church of Christ. Yeah? And then we're all running our individual races. And it's important that as we're running the race that has been marked out for us, we don't compare ourselves. You know? You, 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 you don't see people when they're running. Sometimes you do, ne? But not all the time. Somebody's just looking at the other person to see if they are catching up. You know? That's not how we should run. We should run looking forward at the finish line. Looking at Jesus. Because the minute we start looking to the left or to the right, all sorts of things start kicking out. Comparison, jealousy. Yeah, those things start coming. Then we start comparing ourselves. Oh, Lord, how come Shelter sings so well and I don't sing? God is like, but you are brilliant at maths or something like that. Yeah? You're a brilliant mathematician. You're a brilliant lecturer. You need to do you. What God has called you to do, you need to do. Yeah? So we can't start looking and saying, no, no, no. I actually, I don't, I, I see this race in front of me, but I don't want to run this lane here. It, it's not as exciting as what Brad Pitt has, for example. I want to be a movie star. want the whole world to know me doing it for Jesus, you're going to fail miserably. Yeah? Because you're trying to be something that you were not created to be. We need to run the race that was marked out for us. And we need to finish that race. Because in the end, the Lord is going to look at us and ask, what did you do? And there can be no excuse. I can't say, no, my, my husband, no, my children. What? Did you do? You know what I've noticed? Sometimes, because of uh, people's walk with God, um, they get in that place of depth and intimacy with God, and God starts revealing things to them that not necessarily the rest of the body has gotten yet. No? And then, they, they know this stuff, and they know this is what they're supposed to do or not to do, but then they look at the rest of the body, and then they say, no, 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 but if these guys are doing it, then it's fine. But it's not fine because God spoke to you about it. Yeah? And he's going to keep you accountable for what he has given you and what is revealed to you. So I can't have the excuse of, yeah, but Desmond is not doing that. So I can, no. Desmond is running his race. He's in a different place with God. Isn't it? <laughs> Let him do his thing and you do what God is calling you to do. So you can't be comparing and say, oh, every week I'm always going to hospital ministry. God, you're always talking to me about, talk to those people. No! You do what God has called you to do. Amen. So we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And to end off, I want to, I just want to give this illustration. I think it's such a brilliant illustration. 
by, uh, with this gentleman known as John Stephen Aquari. Is Julius here? Oh, maybe next service. Hmm? This is John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania. Yeah? In the 1968 Olympics, he was running the marathon in Mexico. And I can't remember how long it was, but in the beginning, when they do that whole thing of on your marks, get set, go. There was such a huge scramble for space because there were so many of them. There were about 75 runners, if I remember correctly, that started off, 75. So everybody was scrambling as they were running. And in that scramble for space in a lane, they hit him and he fell. And he injured his knee and they said they, he dislocated something. I don't know if it was a ligament or something as he was running. So it was quite painful. But somehow, they managed to put some bandages on him. And he just continued running. He ran, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran. He, he did this marathon thing. And they say as it was getting dark, there were just a couple of thousands left in the stadium. People were almost like getting ready to leave. This guy started coming in, making it towards the finish line. With that pain in his knee, he was still running. And you know what I find so interesting about this marathon? Is that 75 people started off, but only 57 finished this race. About 20 of them decided, I'm not going to run further. They stopped somewhere. They started walking and going off to the sides to have water. And they camped there at the water places. Yeah? But he was the last of the 57 that made it to the end. They were already celebrating first place, second place, third place. The celebrations took place already. Gold medal, bronze, and silver. And he was still running. And then when he came at the end, they asked him, But sir, why did you continue running? And you know what he said? This is so interesting. Let me read it for you. He said, My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Isn't that powerful? Saints, it's not about starting. Anyone can start something. It's about finishing. And you know, he had such a determination already in his mind that he said, doesn't matter what happened, I have to finish this race. That is the only thing that was able to get him up to run. So even though they celebrated first place, second place, third place, this guy was celebrated more because of his determination. So as we're running this race, it's not just about sprinting to make it first, to do the things that we need to do. 
It's about the motives of our heart. It's about the attitude in which we do the things that God has called us to do. You know, it's easy to start. It's easy to do stuff as long as we're just doing it. But God is looking at the attitude of our hearts. He's looking at the determination. And he's looking at the tenacity. And he's saying, it doesn't matter how you started. Are you going to finish? Are you going to persevere? Are you going to push through? And make it till the end. With a good conscience. Good conscience. With God. Not comparing. Not saying, man, that person has it so much easier. God, you make life easier for some people. No. (laughs) Just with that heart. Of saying, God, no matter what happens. I'm going to finish this race. Because you have made it possible. You have made it possible for me to be able to finish this race. Amen. Let's stand up and pray. Ah, Yes, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you so much for who you are in our lives. We want to thank you so much for the grace that has been made available for us to run this race with perseverance. Everything that we need in this life, everything that we need for life and godliness, you've made available to us. And therefore, Lord, this morning, I just pray if there was any doubt in anyone's mind this morning, To make it and to finish it. I pray for that assurance. I pray for that confidence. In you. Not in self. But in you. Because you've made it possible Lord. Father we thank you this morning. That you remove every form of doubt. Every form of fear. Every form of everything that would want to stand in the way. Of us finishing this race that you've called us to. Of living this life that you've called us to live, oh Father God. We just pray that you will remove those things, Lord Jesus. And that you will strengthen us. Lord, even as we're looking back at the year, (laughs) there's so many things that we can be grateful for. And we just pray, Father God, that you will strengthen us to finish the race of this year. Strong. And to continue strong in you. May we not look to the left or to the right. May we look to you, Father God. Thank you so much for peace in our hearts. Just sense the Lord just removing anxiety again. (laughs) Anxiousness is not from God. He wants his peace to reign in your heart this morning. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. May it reign in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. 
then we will be at the right time, at right place, at the right time. Every time as we are in this race with you. Running at the pace that you're calling us to run. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you haven't accepted the Lord, He wants you to know Him. He wants to have a relationship with you. And if you want to have that relationship with Him, He's inviting you this morning. So if you're here and you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, why don't you just raise your hand to Him? And just say, here I am, Lord. Is there anyone this morning? Anybody? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here this morning, and you're trusting God for peace, God really wants, I really just keep, Getting that peace of God. He wants to give you that peace. Just receive it this morning. If you're anxious, just lift your hands to the heavens. And just allow God to release that peace over you. It is the peace of God that transcends all understanding. May it be released into your spirit right now in Jesus' name. May all the things that are surrounding you, that are making you feel weary, fall to the ground right now in Jesus' name. And may you have that trust in God to know that he is going to finish what he started in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.